Hello and welcome to Midnight Showing. I'm Nash, that's Luke, and this week the random movie we watched at midnight was Stuart Gordon's Reanimator. Was it worth it? That's what we're here to tell you. Don't worry, we will notify you before we start spoiling. Luke? Nash, Nash, Nashy boy, <laughs> Nashy boy. Got a good movie this week, dude. Movie with a lot of character. I believe it is called The Reanimator. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's see. Reanimator came into my life uh, last Christmas of uh, 2018, I think. I asked my brother. My brother is uh, quite a few years older than me, like 12 years older than me. And I was like, yo, get me some movie from your childhood that you guarantee I've never seen. And this is the movie he gave me. <laughs> he really decided to just throw a wrench in the a monkey wrench in the thing with that one. So, um... See who we got in this movie. We got um, Jeffrey Combs playing uh, Herbert West, who I think is a very interesting character in this movie. We oh, got yeah, definitely. we got Bruce Abbott playing uh, Dan Kane. Poor Dan in this movie, dude. Dan really got a lot <laughs> thrown at him. We got uh, Barbara Crampton playing Megan Halsey. She does a really good job. She is a really believable character in this movie. We got uh, David Gale playing the bad guy of Carl Hill, and we'll uh, we'll get into Carl Hill later. I have a, I have a few theories as to why this guy took this uh, this role. <laughs> <laughs> why? Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think we all know why he took the role. <laughs> and then we got we got Robert Sampson playing a uh, Dean Halsey, who also does a really good job in this movie. So I think pretty much every every cast member in this movie really brought their A game, and I think it adds a lot to the movie. So um, it was directed by a uh, Stuart Gordon too. Um, he doesn't have a ton of movies that I know about, um, but he did a really good job making this one. So uh, you want to set the world up for me, bud? Yeah, we are in Arkham, Massachusetts, set in the real world, so the current time of the movie's release. Um, so we're given a place that we honestly don't know much too about. We know that it's dark, everyone is desensitized to the idea of death because we're working in a morgue. And it sort of surrounds every character in their day and their job because they all are either students or working for uh, this autopsy morgue place. A lot of they're surrounded by bodies, so it's not uh, uncomfortable for them. And so you better get used to that if you're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, the fact that they live in a morgue kind of plays into the uh, mo main motifs and themes I saw in this uh, movie. And I pretty much got two of them. And they're kind of related, kind of not. And it's defeating the idea of death. Getting death out of our lives and having it be something that is something of the past, which would be crazy. And then also defining life. Um, you, you, you were the one who actually brought up the defining life aspect of it. You want to uh, explain that for me? Mm -hmm. Just because in sort of, you know, I don't want to reveal too much of the plot, but as it goes on, I, I think you're sort of asked that question of what it actually is life, you know, um, especially once you get um, David Gale and uh, is it Dan Kane? Who's the other guy? Uh, yeah, well, David They're Gale is David Gale's yeah. the actor who plays Carl Hill and Bruce Abbott plays Dan Kane. Yeah, so, yeah, they're both, once you get, once you see more of their sort of debate, I guess, their differences, that that sort of question for me was kind of at the forefront of the movie. Yeah, totally, and um, this movie has a really, uh, Carl Hill's a really interesting bad guy, because when the movie starts, the first time you see it, I don't think it's super obvious that he's going to be the main antagonist as the movie progresses, so <clears throat> it's kind of just like an interesting relationship between... 
um, our main character and the bad guy, because, like, I didn't really see it coming at all, and then all of a sudden this guy has his head chopped off. But I'm getting way ahead of myself, so we're not going to start with there yet. So before we, before we actually start spoiling anything, Nash, is this, is this a thumbs up for you, buddy? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Thumbs <laughs> I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I'm going to give, it, it. give it a thumbs up, too. Now, explain, <laughs> explain to the people why that's a little unique for you, because um, if I recall, you're not too... Uh, Horror movies aren't your favorite genre. In fact, if no, I recall from college, we barely watched any horror movies. Honestly, I re- I really don't like horror movies just because I never I, I never get that. I I feel like it's an adrenaline rush when you're supposed to watch them, and I just never really get that. Like yeah. I, I, I they seem to always sort of fall short, or like they get they get lot too lost in their own conundrum of being a horror movie. You know, where they sort of lose their believability or you're pulled out of the idea that you're you're more reinstated that you are actually just watching a movie you know than you're actually like experiencing this story i feel that i I, yeah i respect that i understand that so so that's why i typically don't like them just because especially if it's like a bunch of jump scares you know i'm not i don't feel like i'm watching a movie i just feel like i'm just waiting for some guy to pop corner go this one it, it doesn't really fall victim to that so i i enjoyed it for that and it's a very dedicated movie yeah dedicated 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 to itself so you you'd say after after the movie ends you're not you're not sketched out for the rest of the night thinking that there's shadows coming to eat you you're kind of just going back to playing a battlefield or something yeah it's it 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 doesn't like shock your world or anything like that i don't really think it's supposed to but I mean, while watching it, I didn't ever think that, oh, I'm just watching this movie. You know, I was just interested in hearing and seeing what happens. Yeah, definitely. I totally feel that. So let's uh, let's get into the into the plot and whatnot, kind of start um, unpacking it. So this is a really quick movie, dude. It's only an hour and 20 minutes, and the plot is just fast moving and wastes almost no time. In fact, we watched it together this week, and we paused it like halfway through for like a bathroom break or something, and I was like, dude, we already only have like a half hour left of this movie, and you like didn't believe me. You were like, have we been sitting yeah. here for an hour already? Like it just, it pulls you in in such a really good way that I feel like a lot of horror movies kind of fail at pulling you in. Yeah, no, that's that's totally a point. Cause I yeah, I had to check. I had to check how much time we had left. Like, I feel like it's not that nothing has happened. It's just like you're you're getting really set up for what's for what's left. Yeah, no, it's it's the exact opposite feeling of nothing has happened and we're already here. It's oh my god, like a lot's happened and we're like no. Let me let, let me rephrase that. It's not that a lot has happened, but it moves so fast that like you forget like how much has actually happened, and before you know it, the movie is like close to being done. And I think that really plays to the movie's benefit because I think that if um think that if they got really convoluted in like all the ideas they were trying to throw in there, if they really tried to like put in too much, because this was actually based on a book. I'm like ninety percent sure let me look that up i probably should have researched yeah i think no i think it was hp lovecraft yeah hp lovecraft exactly that's what it was so like a book like that like books to movies video games to movies they're really hard because you have to pick and choose what things you want to put in there to make sure that it's not like wicked boring and drab because a 500 page book can obviously get a lot more detail than an hour and a half movie right yeah. So, who, yeah. who, when they wrote this screenplay, I think they did a phenomenal job picking and choosing exactly what people wanted to see, and I think that's why it stuck out to me as being such a really good movie, honestly. And that's a really difficult thing to do, um, but it's definitely noticeable in this one, just because that setup is sort of there, and knowing that it is a book, you're 
uh, yeah, I believe that pretty easily be just because of how the setup happened. It wasn't sort of convoluted or rushed. It was, um, it was, it was more genuine because again, you're going to have a lot more content in a book for that sort of thing. That's why most book to movies can be done incredibly well because you have so such good source material. And that that's another thing. You only have a you only have good source material if the book is good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I eat children of men. <laughs> you'll see well yeah, you'll see a lot of really you know, you'll see a lot of movies that are based off of books and you're just like, gosh, this is a terrible movie. The prestige well, too, bro, the prestige is a book yeah. too. Odds are the book was probably pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, um, yeah, Herbert West, homeboy, David Combs. Anybody ever seen the movie Frighteners? We might review it eventually. Uh, he's the dude with hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Inspirational In, right Inside there. joke if you've seen Frighteners. But, um, so Herbert West, um, we're thrown into this movie right away with some really gruesome effects and uh, this guy's dying. And it doesn't really explain anything. We're just thrown into this um, situation. And Herbert West, the first line out of his mouth I found really interesting and um, the nurse asks if the person dying, if Herbert West killed him. And Herbert West says, no, I gave him life. And that's kind of the whole idea of the movie, is giving mm. back life. Like, what does it mean when a life is taken away? And what does it mean to bring bring back life? I just got stuttered right there because it's like kind of a simple thing. So I feel like subtly not like right in your face it's kind of asking the question of what does it mean to be alive especially after you die because once um mm -hmm. he actually starts bringing people back from the dead you kind of notice that they aren't who they used to be you want to kind of explain that yeah like um it, it's it's wes that has the reanimator juice right yeah yep Her herbert um, yeah West. yeah so it's sort of like he makes this argument that you know once the, the animal or person is dead and once he brings them back that they're alive but they're you know they're not alive as we would define that they, they just kind of seem like a classic Possessed zombie you know <laughs> yeah they, yeah they seem demonic and they just want to kill people um and you know they very briefly theorize on what that is like i think he suggests that it's uh just sort of uh initial instinct yeah and, you know, I know some other movies that kind of do this. It's like, well, maybe it's just like they're suffering the pain of them dying, you know, constantly because they should be dead. Yeah. So it's like they wouldn't really be able to focus on anything if that, yeah, <laughs> if that was the case. Yeah so, yeah. Um, so Herbert West first lines out of his mouth are, I gave him life. And then after that scene, we're sent straight to the hospital where we first meet Dan, our other main character, and the first thing we see Dan do is fail at resuscitating a woman, and you can kind of tell that mm -hmm. that's what his passion is. His passion is being a doctor and helping people out, and already in the first two minutes, we see somebody who possibly has the power to bring people back to life, and somebody who would definitely want that power if they had it. So we got a pretty good dynamic going between our two main characters, and honestly, I think these two guys kind of carry the movie in a way, because Herbert West is like, Herbert West is that kid from school who would just stare at you for like three seconds too long and make you feel uncomfortable, right? <laughs> and then, um, from, and then Dan, from afar. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dan is, uh, Dan is a pretty normal guy. In fact, Dan has found himself in quite the uh, situation romantically, hey. as Dan happens to be dating... The Dean's the, daughter. The Dean's daughter is dating <laughs> Daniel, so... Dan is kind of like a good guy, run-of-the-mill, doctor-type kid who seems to be really smart, and now we got 
Herbert West is a weird, starey guy who can bring people back to life moving into into his apartment. And, yeah, um, sort sort of giving off that sort of like weird prodigy genius vibe. Yeah, but it's it's done subtly enough where I don't think I don't think he's like a douche. You know what I mean? Like they could have done it where he was just like really all about himself, but instead he's kind of just like a really realistic character and. That kind of brings me to, like, another thing that I really like about this movie is that it's a horror movie, but, like, every character in this movie plays their role, like, really well and really realistic. Like, if this actually happened in real life, I feel like that's how people would actually react to it, you know? Oh, yeah. It kind of, um, it kind of, it rides that line of, like, um, reality and fantasy, which, um, you kind of brought up, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So, um, that's how the movie starts. So we got these two people who we know have similar beliefs and, um, quickly I just want to get into like a little bit of the production. So there's like a lot of over the shoulder camera shots and, um, a lot of like pan outs. And it's interesting because this movie really doesn't have that many sets. It has the hospital, his house and basement, and like, really that's about it. Honestly, is there are there any other? I don't think I'm missing any. It's literally just the, the hospital. I, I, know, I know they I know they go to the his office like twice. Oh, his office, and they do go to Barbara's house, but those are only like one off scenes. Yeah. So like it's interesting because it's a movie that only takes place in like a couple actual places. You know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. it doesn't draw away from anything. So we're looking at Children of Men, and it's an epic. A tale that starts here and ends here and you have to visualize all this stuff going along the way this movie is like very contained and in the same spot and it gives it a lot of character honestly yeah and it sort of echoes back to i don't, I don't know if i'm getting too far ahead but it echoes back to the ending where it's sort of it is like the same world they're living they're living in it's just this this new thing has happened and it ma- makes you think about sort of a lot about themselves as people. You know, I don't think you get that point as directly put into your face, but just because it's all so contained and really everything is happening around people that were well-established in the beginning and places that were well-established in the beginning, it just shows the cause and effect, I think, really well. Like uh, when uh, the Dean uh, dies and gets sent to the uh, insane asylum, in the or the... Uh, insane wing i guess in the hospital mm-hmm. it's sort of like that's that's acting that's pretty pretty impressive just from an acting standpoint because he's having to act like just like a normal you know uptight dean father guy and now he's acting like a zombie yeah <laughs> like that's you have to be able to cast him for both parts but that sort of is kind of it's kind of the epitome because you see these two different sides that are totally different all happening in the same spot Totally, totally. And I feel like, um, you know, it's so easy to sound um, like convoluted and um, pretentious when you're talking about movies, but this movie doesn't feel that way at all. It feels like everybody just brought their A game and it's like really small and contained and doesn't take away from anything, which is kind of what we talked about earlier, where like, that's what happens with horror movies sometimes, is that like, they just either try to do too much or try to do too little. This movie hits it right in that sweet spot. Yeah, like, because a lot of horror movies, especially when they ham it up, it's like they admit to it. And that really detaches you as a viewer. Yeah. Just from my own personal experience, you see something, it's like, then they make a joke that essentially breaks a third wall. And it's like, well, all right, all right, thank you, movie. I know I'm watching a movie. <laughs> Whereas this one, and this is really gets back to the point of dedication, It it is entirely contained within that movie. 
You're not being brought out anywhere else. They're not admitting the cheesy things that do happen. They're not admitting to them. They're just going along with them. And that really is sort of the big uh, distinction. Because anyone could say this movie is cheesy. I wouldn't refute that. But what I'm saying is they're not sort of doing it to be super cheesy. Like with the violence, um, the blood and all that. There's only really one scene. It's like at the very end where you're sort of like, okay, that's kind of ridiculous when he's like crushing his head. Yeah. But everything else is kind of like, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine these people are bleeding a lot. You know, that guy just got thrown up against the wall and going really hard. So, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. that makes uh, kind of makes sense. And so the, that not sort of asking for forgiveness, you know, from within the movie, it definitely propels it to make it more interesting to watch. I 100% agree. So um, let's get a little bit back into the plot to give a little bit more context. So skipping ahead, um, Dan figures out that Herbert has this serum because um, he killed his cat and brought his cat back to life. Not chill. If you're a roommate with somebody, don't murder their cat. All right? That's some solid, yeah, solid advice. Move. Solid advice. Not a, Luke, we roomed together. How often did I kill your cat? You did not kill my cat once. Ever. and Ended up great. Yep. Fire. <laughs> so, um, so these... Finds out that he can bring people back to life, and Dan is obviously amazed by this. How the hell did Herbert West figure out how to bring people back to life? So they sneak into the morgue um, when they shouldn't be. They um, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. They're not supposed to be there. And they sneak into the morgue, and they're trying to find a body because it's believed that um, the fresher the body, the better the results. So they're looking for somebody. And they, and they, they hadn't tested. He hadn't tested on a human yet. He only yeah. tested on uh, the cat and some other animal. I yeah, think. he said he said like cats, dogs, bunnies, just like um, tiny woodland creatures who turn into Satan when they get reanimated. <laughs> but um, so these guys, they're in the morgue and they find um, a fresh body. But this fresh body is like the most jacked dude they could have possibly found to reanimate this guy. It looks like an action movie star from the eighties, like freaking yeah. Um, I don't. John, I don't know. Jean-Claude Van Damme stunt double. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's ever seen uh, Cheyenne, like the classic Western, the black and white Western. But the main character is Cheyenne Bodie. This man, he's probably towers a foot over everybody, and he just looks like a bodybuilder. So when he's in this show, his character looks ridiculous because everybody else around him is just normal, and he just looks like he could break their neck with his hand. <laughs> and that's essentially who's on the table. <laughs> they decide to reanimate. Yeah, so, so they re- when they reanimated that cat, the little thing turned into Satan and started fighting them. So like it was really bad call to just pump up a person and not expect them to have the same reaction of trying to murder them and that's exactly what happens and so once that morgue scene hits the movie really just takes off from there it didn't take a while for us to get there but once it gets to that point it sets a really hardcore pace of like okay this is the movie that you're watching it's really bloody and it's really crazy so um long story what were you gonna say i would also note how it doesn't necessarily sort of enter that realm of <coughs> like action you know there is action and the movie continuously grows in action sequences more and more like they get longer and more drawn out and there's less space in between them but once that happens it's sort of they sort of go back and almost try to live in their normal lives which was a really interesting thing for a horror movie to see like that you know after having so much build up you see this one event happen where somebody that they personally know, um, you know, 
is succumbed to the serum because he's the freshest body. The Dean is the fr- the freshest body that they use it on. And he goes crazy, mm-hmm. and they try to play it off as that he just went crazy. And so that that was just really interesting to see because it, it does sort of it's not at a pace that I would ever expect in a horror movie because you're expecting constant escalation mm-hmm. and the movie the movie does escalate more and more after that but there is that slight pause in between that I think is just super rare especially for nowadays yeah no uh, totally hundred percent so like I think I've said it a couple times but like it just it plays into the character that this movie has this movie has a lot of character and I don't mean literal characters I mean like it's got a really it's really unique it's an extremely unique movie and it plays to itself perfectly so and um, i i remember when we were watching it too um we mentioned like this is i feel like this movie has like been uh like ripped off you know like like it's been ripped off by other horror movies or other movies before and it's like i couldn't name one single incident that made me think that it's just sort of like that's the vibe i get yeah, like, From it. like you know that this movie was something that inspired an entire generation of filmmakers because it was so freaking good. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it looks like I gotta turn the old cellular on silent. <laughs> That's okay, man. So, um, yeah, you know, um, I'm trying to, uh, trying to, like, pull a lot out of this movie, but, like, realistically, I think it's just a really fun movie. So, like, we talk about The Prestige, we're talking about a ton of motifs, we're talking about Children of Men, we're talking about how it parallels a lot of things. This movie is just kind of like a fun horror movie that I think yeah. people should see if they're fans of horror movies, and that's why, personally, I liked it so much. So, um, let's, um, I, what do you want to get into I'll- next? I would just reiterate that point a little bit more, because I know we talk very seriously about things. Like, when we talk about The Prestige, that movie has a lot to, you can seriously look into and find a lot more different things. This movie is just a fun watch. Yeah. It, it, does, it doesn't apologize for being what it is. It doesn't try to ham it up more than it should. It's just entertaining. Mm-hmm. What, um, but, uh, what, what I did want to get into with you was um, how you felt about the realistic effects and the blood and gore and everything and how that plays into the movie's benefit because nowadays all that would have been done CGI and um, it kind of makes me sad honestly because I think that it's really one of the best parts of the movies is the gore. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is because it, it doesn't, it, there's a lot, you know, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of blood and stuff but it isn't sort of like machete style where there's like <laughs> Beyond way too much for it to be remotely believable. And the effects are done really well. Um, The make the the makeup and those those blood scenes are done very well. They don't pull you out of the movie, Um, especially back in that back in the times like that it was made. I wouldn't imagine anybody being drawn out of it because of the effects. Nowadays, you might just because you know we have a higher standard of of what we view. You know, it's like if you go back and look at an old video game that you used to play, like the graphics are gonna look terrible. But when you originally played it, they were incredible. Yeah. So, so yeah. So do you like do you that. think do you think you prefer the makeup and the gore, or do you think you prefer the CGI? I I think I I prefer the makeup, the actual the actual props. I think it depends Rather on the context CGI. of the movie as well. I just feel like in in so many circumstances, like you, you get 
you get the same thing over and over again, and it's like, well, I know that's sort of fake. I yeah. can tell it's fake. It's it really sort of is distracting, a lot of times, and it's you know. I don't really know if it's cost beneficial to do CGI. You know, for some things it definitely is, mm-hmm. but I feel like for the large, for the vast majority of it, it's super expensive, and I don't even think it has the results that they want. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like in, uh, oh my gosh, what was that? Uh, uh, what was it? Um, the DC. Justice League, that yeah. Justice League movie. Yeah. The the guy that was cyborg. Mm-hmm. That was some of the, just the worst CGI ever. Yeah. Straight up, that CGI was so terrible and so bad. I, you can't look at that character and be like, "Yeah, that's real." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's believable. Or it's like, I I know they have different you know animation com- companies that are doing it. <clears throat> but Marvel, it's like you look at Iron Man. It's like that thing, that whole thing is CGI. And it's like, oh, that looks really good. Yeah, you can't even tell. And you, you, you even, you even said to me while we were watching the movie that um, um, there's there's a certain point where the serum doesn't really make sense. Where um, long story short, Her- Herbert West um kills Car- Carl Hill. Um, you should have seen the movie. You've been listening this far, so it's. Not <laughs> we but, already um, gave you a rough rating. <laughs> um, so he cuts his head off and he puts the serum into the dude's. Um, head, and then somehow his body is reanimated as well inst- instead of his head. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if that makes sense on this reviewing. And you were like, wow, that's actually the first time in this movie that I felt that it like kind of pulled me out and made me question. So like, it's kind of yeah. it's, it's interesting to have hor- a horror movie like this that is really like unrealistic. And I used air quotes when I said that. But then like, when there's something that's actually unrealistic, you like notice it because the rest of it is done so um, so like finessed. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that's a very interesting point. Like, I didn't, I didn't question anything about the serum yeah. <laughs> or the fact that they were going from animals to humans. But it's like, <laughs> hey, his, his head's not on his body. Yeah, and, you know, to, to talk about the serum really quickly. It's one of the coolest parts of the movies is the way that they got that serum to glow. You know? Yeah, like, it's like it, this green yeah there's just so much character in this movie dude and like um the like that same scene where with the head when um he keeps trying to put the head up and it keeps falling over and he putting the head up and it keeps falling over and he takes a little um post-it note um thing and he shoves the head onto it and it's just like yeah. little, little moments like that that just add so much of that character that we've been talking to and dude that head totally looked like the head from tropic thunder that was exactly what i was thinking about <laughs> yeah. when it got off. it's corn syrup it's corn syrup <laughs> <laughs> so like so like after after that happens, um, the movie gets like over not goofy, but at that point you know what you kind of gotten yourself into. Where like we got this real headless horseman vibes from the bad guy because he's a decapitated head who has now been brought to life with his body that's meandering around that like can't see anything like Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I just like. I, I really love it, honestly. Like, I just said that, like, it gets ridiculous at that point, but I love it so much because it's done so well. So, like, let's get into that final scene and we can oh, talk yeah. about it. Because that, that, that's the point in the movie where there is no stepping back. There's no pausing. You are in yeah. full zombie mode. <laughs> yeah. We didn't, um, we, we haven't talked about Barbara that much this review so far. So, um, she's playing, she's playing the Dean's daughter and, uh, Dan's girlfriend and, um, 
earlier I was bringing up how it feels like really realistic and all the characters do a good job selling it. I think she honestly does the best job selling this movie as something that could actually happen because all of her reactions to what's happening feel super genuine. Her dad yeah, she, literally she, died. She literally sees her dead dad who is now walking a zombie and you can just see her slowly go crazy from like the happy girl that she was at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and, and she is out of the loop on everything. She doesn't yeah. know anything about the serum. She doesn't know any of that dan sort of keeps that from her and it really does her reactions are i would think very very accurate for if this sort of thing would happen <laughs> i'd probably be feeling the same way yeah if i sure. saw that because she really just seems confused when you know she sees her dad die and then come back to life like it's 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 That'd be pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, another an, another quick and um, small moment that I like is um, the second after the Dean dies, Herbert West right away is like, we have to put the serum in him. He's the freshest body we're going to get. And Dan looks at him and he's like, he's dead? And Herbert goes, well, yes, of course. Herbert West is really such a good, such a good character in this movie and I also like how he kind of starts off as being the bad guy and then you realize that he's not necessarily a bad guy just like yeah he'll do anything to reach his goals he's one of those kind of characters that is he he really was an interesting character because he's not bad he's not evil he's definitely selfish in his motivations you know he wants to be the guy to do all this yeah we we also saw him murder somebody too straight up we literally saw him yeah. kill somebody yeah and that was that was straight up homicide that wasn't an accident he <laughs> hit that dude with a shovel in the back of the head and shot his that was straight up homicide <laughs> crazy dude it's so good oh. um so yeah we get into that last scene and it turns out carl hill has a really gross crush on um barbara barbara um or megan barbara's the actress's name i'm sorry um he has a really gross crush on her and it's like the dean's daughter who's one of his friends and like pretty soon it turns into um she gets kidnapped by the headless horseman dude over here and um can you explain to me the scene please because easily the most goofiest part of this movie dude so it's like he's got the headless like body and it's like he put like a anatomically correct like human head on it so it looked like an actual person i mean half of it is like missing and exposes the skull but anyway he kidnaps her and like ties her up on like the the slab the table where the bodies go and then he just just as a headless thing just starts licking her man he starts licking her a lot dude it's so creepy he's just like oh my god and i do remember the first time we watched this movie i said well i know why this guy went for that role (laughs) it's just just like so bizarre and out there (laughs) and again to the movie's benefit though because it doesn't apologize for doing that. Because how often in a movie do you feel like that sort of the villains or the evil guys, the antagonist goal is essentially to have that sort of exploitation happen? That's what he wants. It's what you believe is drive the character is, and you never actually see it. Yeah, for sure. Like you never actually see somebody be literal in that attempt and actually see it. I think it's to the movie's benefit. It's definitely a weird scene. 
It's jarring. It's definitely jarring. Yeah. Well, dude, it's because, like, like, wow. Not only does he, like, lick her, like, he starts in her ear, and then he just goes, like, straight for her boob, dude. And it's just yeah. like, what no, am I no. watching? I'm watching a deca- decapitated head. It's just like. No foreplay, just straight to it. He's No foreplay. <laughs> he's not playing any games. but And he's, yeah. like, all bleeding all over. It's like. Uh, and it, it, it is important to know because I, I did look up. Because I didn't know there were two other of these movies and apparently they were writing a fourth one but it never got approved um but for whatever reason (laughs) but apparently they had to originally the original rating for the movie was x really and they had just for those scenes yeah and it's like you watch that and you're like yeah probably for i wonder how long that scene actually was and so they worked it down to be r but (laughs) Again, they weren't afraid to do whatever they were gonna do. Yeah, man. I mean, we're spending like three minutes talking about this this one scene, but it's easily the weirdest, most disturbing, craziest part of this movie is when the dude's decapitated head is just licking her naked body, and that's that's just what happens. I'm I just explained to you what happens in this movie. So hopefully, well, he's a villain. He's a villain. You like he, it. Hopefully, he's, you like a, it. he's a villain. He's not a good guy. And it's like you actually see a villain that looks that like does things like that. It's sort. It, it isn't. It's off-putting. It, it makes it's it, definitely off-putting. It's de- 100% off-putting, but it's not unbelievable because, you know, I you don't want to see a, a villain in a movie, like, come short of actually being evil. Then you ask yourself, why why the hell is he a villain? It's like, this one's like, oh, okay, this guy's been a creep for day one. Yeah. And that makes sense. Why he's being all... <laughs> yeah, so... Um... We were a little all we we've been a little all like all over the place, but honestly, I think it's just because this movie doesn't take itself too seriously, and anybody watching this movie shouldn't take it too seriously at the same time. But it's also interesting because it takes itself seriously enough to where it's a really believable and like just well made. It's just well made in my opinion. Yeah, it's put together in itself. It isn't it isn't afraid to be itself. It's just, you know, it happens a lot in the horror genre. Yeah. Um, but I have to shout out, I have to give a mention to that security guard. Oh, good God. how could I forget about, <laughs> how could I forget about Homeboy? Either? What a character. Yeah, hilarious, honestly. Another one of the best parts of this movie is that dude. In fact, I'd say he is the best actor in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love him. Ex- 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 can you explain him a little bit for a sec? Well, he's just like he's just like this guy. He's a security guard at a morgue, so it's not like he's how, living the most. How deep is exciting, it gonna get? Yeah, yeah, it's not like he's living the most exciting job. And he's always just sitting there, just like smoking a cigar, <laughs> and he's just he just leaves. He, he you know he's not very attentive, but it's just I love seeing his character because it's gonna like what the hell is going on here. <laughs> And I, you know, I don't think he dies, does he? I think he no, just he leaves. doesn't. Yeah, Dude, the last he makes thing we it see out. is that the uh, the head gets th- the decapitated head gets thrown against the wall, and he just looks at the blood spatter on the wall and just sprints away. <laughs> yeah, most rational man in any horror movie ever. <laughs> yeah, like that is not my problem. He's a security guard too, so it probably is his problem, low key. But nah, he wasn't having any of it. He was the only one with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie, he didn't even use it. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. 
<laughs> Yo, bad bad looks on Dan and Herbert for not bringing a gun the first time they went to that morgue, dude. I really don't know what they were expecting. <laughs> yeah, right? The, yeah. the cat didn't react well. No, cat did not react well. Some goons, dude. So, um, you know, I kind of um I feel like we're kind of, we're kind of uh we're we're kind of wrapping down. I feel like I feel like um we didn't get too much into the like uh pretentious side of filmmaking this week when it comes to motifs and themes and stuff, but just to reiterate, I don't think it's really about that. I think it's lightly about life and death and the meaning of life, but at the end of the day, it's just trying to make an entertaining movie, and that's what it is, is an entertaining movie. Mhm. So, I totally agree. Yeah, so don't uh don't don't be expecting too much when you watch this one in terms of uh you know your film theory and whatnot but ex- ex- <laughs> yeah. expect a, expect a fun ride and expect to just have the movie have the credits roll and be like oh what did i just watch oh what did i just watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah and definitely enjoy it because if, if you try to analyze it like really strictly <laughs> you're gonna be dumb you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy it because it really is enjoyable yeah it's a it's a fun like, movie. like like how some horror movies get convoluted you will get convoluted yourself trying to understand this movie because exactly <laughs> yeah and you know i'm i'm sure that the, i'm sure, sure i'm sure that the book dives a lot more into the uh motifs and themes that um yeah we picked up on watching the movie but again, I feel like this movie is really just trying to be entertaining over anything else rather than trying to tell a profound story. Yeah. You're not going to be questioning humanity after this one like every other movie we've Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, keep, we keep doing that, don't we? Oh, okay, bro. So uh, let's let's do a, a rating out of... Um, rating out of dead cats. Dead cat rating out of 10. How many, how many dead cats do we get? Um, oh I'm going to give it a solid 8.9, bro. Solid 8.9. 8.9? 8.9? I really like this movie. 8.9 Dead Cats. And it's all, it's knocked down from a 10 just because of a few, a few of the things we talked about during this review. And I feel like it's not a totally sound, perfect movie. But at the end of the day, it just entertains me. And I just, like, it's a movie that, like, is so short and so watchable that, like, if this was on cable, I'd click on it and watch till the end. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a seven dead cats out of ten, and here's why: because the second time I watched it, just knowing about the whole he's doesn't he's you know a decapitated head, just knowing about it going into a second time, I straight up noticed every time I saw part of him that wasn't his head, mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the shot. Yeah, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. But, uh, but that's, it, that's it, probably it, it the doesn't, one. It doesn't like it doesn't jar you though. You know, if it was really jarring, then the movie wouldn't work as well as it does. Oh yeah, I didn't notice it too much. Like on the first time I watched it, because I wasn't really too focused on it. Yeah, you're more um, focused on just this ridiculous movie. Yeah, good movie, definitely worth a watch. So, so uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> hey, I think that about wraps it up this week. Please be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram to stay in the loop for upcoming episodes. Be sure to check us out at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. And remember, your donations keep my blue light on. But wait, but wait, Nash, but wait. We There's more? We forgot, again, to pick the movie that we were going to watch next week so that our dedicated listeners might be able to catch up and watch the film before we get to it, my friends. So we got to pick a movie right now, on your feet, on your toes, on your feet. What do you want to watch? I got to pull up the list, man. Pull up the list, son. I got I got uh, the wrong list. Dead okay. space. Uh, 
You're picking. You're. I. I picked Reanimator, so it's your turn. Pick one right now. Go. 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 Okay. Oh my God. Um. Stress, stress, stress. Uh, <laughs> stress, stress. Okay, <laughs> you know we're gonna do this one because it was suggested from one of my friends that I watch it. So I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Bingo Long's Traveling All Stars and Motor Kings, nineteen seventy six. Okay, word. It's a it's a baseball movie. It's got uh, Lando. It's got Darth Vader in it. Really? Okay, I'm about it. Okay, you you already got me. That is just a hilarious title. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> Bingo Long's traveling all stars and motor kings. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna we're gonna try to start doing that. Uh, tell you what movie we're gonna watch a week beforehand, so you can try to catch up on it for our review. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll okay. see you next week. Thank you. Ma, hugs and kisses.